0: This is How Men Think with Brooks Like and Gavin DeGraw, an iHeartRadio podcast.
1: Welcome to another episode of How Men Think. My name is Brooks Like, and I am here with my gracious and ever so dashing co-host today. What's up, buddy?
2: Not much. I am the good sir of the day. How are you? Happy belated birthday, most importantly. Tell us. How old are you?
1: I am now 37, 37 years young. We are the same age. We're the same age, you born in 83? 83, yeah. Uh, are you 37 now or are you 36 still? 37 now. Oh, so you're old, you're older than I am. Yeah, that's
2: you can tell by my maturity.
1: Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I can
2: you I, do celebrate by the way.
1: I do feel, um, one sec, I do feel that, that You stepped up to this opportunity to have co-hosting duties today because you are in a beautiful blue collared shirt with a fresh new haircut, slicked back, looking clean, clean shaven. We also have producer Tori with us. Tori, doesn't he look clean?
0: I was gonna ask, uh, what was the experience like getting your hair cut? Did you go into a salon? Did you have to wear a mask?
2: The salon I go to typically is still closed. Um, So my woman, uh, Terry came to my house so we did it in the garage we both wore masks and yeah it was it was a necessary thing I looked like uh, not good so you,
1: look, you you look very professional right now and I want to I want to challenge oh. one thing yeah. I think you should go a mohawk on your next cut uh,
2: I will take that into consideration and get back to you
1: Come on, I'm going to, Tori, I'm going to pressure all of the dudes on how men think to unite under a Mohawk, a common Mohawk for good is what we'll call it.
0: I think. Well, I
2: think since we're going to be delving a little bit deeper into Tori's dating life, let me ask you this. Would you be into a guy with a Mohawk?
0: (laughs) But I don't know. I've never dated anyone with a Mohawk and I don't mind Brooks. I mean, he's got some volume on his right now.
1: Right? I just worked out so it's kind of like all over the place but just wait Tori in like a week I have a friend of mine Jill Buck, who's like the best Jill is I love you Jill you are the best stylist in LA she always just I just go to Jill and she just cuts my hair however she wants I just have full faith in her she's gonna do some gnarly kind of lines in it we're gonna do something real funky with this mohawk and just amplify it and turn it up a bit
0: See, see, it's not a deal breaker for me. I kind of like it now. It's like, I know it's your form of expression right now. You're like, I'm here to mix things up. Let's make yeah. it fun. It shows yeah. you have a good personality.
1: Um, but what about you, Ryan? Ryan, Ryan is that it. a
0: deal breaker? Would you think for a woman? Uh,
2: no, I think it. I think if it suits your personality, fine. I don't think I consider myself a Mohawk guy. It's just not who I am. Uh, so nothing against Mohawks, it's just not my style. He
1: he looks. I, I, he's
2: I'm a little bit more preppy, like you know, <laughs> the Nantucket Reds and an Oxford, not the Mohawks, you know.
1: He's very. You have a very polished and professional look, Ryan. Yeah.
2: Well, I thought I would just step up the game after the tank top I wore on the one-year anniversary episode. <laughs> did,
1: did you get some blowback from the Ryan O'Dowd fan fan club? Were they upset? Um,
2: Team Ryan loyalists came out in full force to support the look as I would have expected they would. And it was just you guys who were very mean to me and it, it hurts, but luckily my support base rallied and here I am today.
1: <laughs> the Glad you're here, buddy. Glad you made it. And I'm also super excited about today's show because producer Tori who is one of the loveliest and kindest souls I've ever met and a joy to work with every single day on this podcast. I've always said that our team is one of the best parts of doing this podcast. Producer Tori is finally willing to open up about her dating life, her personal life, and she's notoriously said she hasn't been looking for somebody, but now you feel that you are ready and have the composure or capacity to bring somebody into your life or you're willing to bring somebody into your life. Is that correct, Tori?
0: Yes, I have been someone since, honestly, I was born that I have almost kind of take pride in the fact that I've never desired to really like date someone. Do I enjoy dating? Yes, but I haven't been like, I need to have companionship. And now I'm in this position and I am like, holy, okay. Quarantine, but man.
1: okay, so let's get into this. So, so we're gonna walk you through Tori's story. We're gonna dive into Tori's story, and the whole purpose of this podcast today, Tori, is to just Ryan and I are ears for you. We want to hear your story and then offer any insight from a man's mind or a man's perspective. And for our listeners, you might see your story through Tori. Um, so, Tori, can you give us like give us and give our listeners a little background on if you're okay with this? How old you are? Where you come from? And and how you, when you moved to LA?
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm originally from a small town called Grass Valley where people literally have babies at 16 and then Which state? Uh, it's in California. It's just like right outside of Lake Tahoe area. Okay. And then I, uh, moved when I was 18 to Orange County cause my, it was a job shift for my parents. And then I, um, ended up in LA, um, from college and crazy, and I haven't really realized this until, honestly, a couple weeks ago that I'm now in my mid-20s, so I'm 25, and okay. it's been a little bit of like a quarter-life crisis.
1: A quarter-life crisis. Mm-hmm. Can you be more specific in, in which way?
0: Um, I think uh, quarantine has definitely brought to light the fact that like companionship uh, is really important. Because for me, like I'm, I'm a huge extrovert, so I can hang out with my friends and have like quote unquote love tanks filled. But now even my friends um, and even like older parents or family friends or even my cousins, like everyone's separated and quarantined away that I'm now realizing like how nice it really would be to have someone in my life in that way. Mm-hmm. So I would say the quarter life crisis kind of hit now in quarantine.
2: So let me ask you this, Tori, did you, what was your dating life like pre COVID and were you finding companionship pre COVID or, and that, that contrast now being disconnected from those types of people has exacerbated it or were you always for the past couple of years kind of not seeking companionship?
0: Well, I'm someone, it sounds funny. Cause I'm not someone who's like, A lonely person because again I do find companion I think companionship looks deeper than just having someone in your life like it's your family it's your support systems it's your community and so forth so having that all stripped away has definitely emphasized this but at the same time like up before quarantine you know you're I I have a very, like, active job, so I'm able to go to events and, like, flirt with people or have people be like, hey, like, can I take you on a date? And you're like, sure, and, like, you might go on a date knowing, like, you're not totally interested, but you're still dating and, like, meeting people. And I was talking to one guy specifically up until about January, February, um, and I kind of – which I'm kind of jumping forward a lot, but um, I, like, work a lot. So, for me, I was putting my work first before – that relationship um and I use relationship loosely because like we weren't anything official but we were definitely talking for about like seven to eight months and then okay. um yeah so then I put my work first and then that kind of just fizzled out and then in quarantine I was like dang it like why do I constantly put other things before like relationships
1: so, so that's a question I have and I, I also want to preface it with this is that that's completely okay you to prioritize your work if that is what is priority in your life and I say that from personal experience from the age of like 15 till like 30 when I was like pursuing making the NHL and then the first 10 years playing in the NHL undoubtedly my training and my sport and my career came first in my life they were priority I was very selfish that way I will say that I was very selfish that way but it was what I needed to do for me At that time in my life, I knew another stage of life would come at a certain time, but I needed to express myself fully and get every ounce of potential out of my athletic career that I could. And so in that stage of life, I was completely fine with it. I was lonely and alone for a lot of it, but I accepted that, that that was my choice. That wasn't something that anybody else put on me. So that being said, it's okay if you want to prioritize work and career in your life at this stage of your life if that's what you want. The question is, is that what you want or was it what you wanted in that stage? And now you're just starting to see a little shift in the priorities in your life. Is that what's happening?
0: Um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain because we're living in a, a situation that no one could have ever predicted. So I don't know if it's a shift. I don't know if it's just loneliness that I'm feeling. I don't know if it's like, I'm just looking to change up something in my life because I don't have control over anything else. So I'm like trying Mm. to evaluate all of that as we kind of go through this kind of a thing.
2: I have a question uh, and I want to get into the, that Tory thing, but Brooke, something you said just uh, begs a question for me, which is, so did you feel like in those how many years were you in the NHL, do you say? Over, 10? Over uh, 10?
1: 13 seasons, and then we had two lockouts, so 15 years professional.
2: Okay, but so you you mentioned you were alone for the majority of those years. Did you Was that the case because you made a concerted effort to say, okay, like, uh, it's a zero-sum game. If I'm dating somebody or romantically involved with anybody, it will then be taking me away from my focus on the game and and my job as an athlete, and therefore I won't be the best hockey player I can be. So I need to just like, there there will be a time when I can go hook up with women, but now I just have to just focus only on hockey. Like, was that the mindset?
1: Yeah, that was my mindset, truly. That was full transparency. That was my mindset was I wanted to pour every ounce of intensity and energy, and time, everything I could into dedicating myself to become as good at my craft as I could, to reach as high a level as possible in my craft as I could. And that was my decision. That wasn't put on me by parents, siblings, friends, anybody else, that was my decision. And so I purposefully just kind of pushed a personal life and a romantic relationship to the back burner. Um, If I came across somebody or found somebody I was intrigued in, I would engage as much as I could. Um, I, that didn't happen for the most part. Um, and so all of my, pretty much every decision in the course of my day was based around what's going to allow me to perform the best. What am I eating? How am I resting? How am I training? What time is the game? How am I pre-scouting the next game? You know, how can I be so prepared to execute at the highest possible level? Um, and so I did Ryan fully. I pushed, I pushed personal life to the side for many, many, many years. And then it got to a point where uh, maybe this is what Tori's going through is around 28, 29, 30 years old, almost when I hit 30, where I was like, I could have the best night at the rink. I could score a couple goals, be first star, be toasted for in front of 18,000 people. But I'd come home and the lights were off. The house was cold. There wasn't another heartbeat in the house. And I had nobody to share that success with. And I was like, ultimately, I was unfulfilled in my life. And that's when it started to turn for me that, wow, life is more than what I do. It's more than my career. It's about living a fulfilled and happy life and the ability to express love and to receive love. And so then I really made a conscious shift on how do I want to lead my life? What do I want to prioritize in my life? And now family, friends, and connection is at the priority of my life. I still have massive career aspirations, but those are secondary to a fulfilling life full of love and laughter. So
2: in retrospect, would you have done it if you could do it all again? Would you do it any differently?
1: No, No, I wouldn't. No, I'm at total peace with with all of it. With the amount of energy that I poured into it, I feel like I got every ounce of potential out of myself. I feel like I had the best career. I I have no regrets about decisions I made in my career because I know I poured my entire heart into it. And so I'm at peace with that stage of life now, which is really allowing me to enjoy fully this stage.
2: Did you arrive at that decision in part because you saw other teammates that were like, you know, they came in, they put their time in the rink and then they couldn't wait to go out to the clubs and hook up with girls. And, you know, you just you saw how that made them less. They, they didn't realize their potential as a result, so you didn't want to go down that
1: path. No, that had nothing to do with it. No, my realizing my potential was just my journey from the ch- as a child. It was my dream to become the best hockey player I could. That had nothing to do with it, but it was really cool to see people that I knew dedicated their their hearts to the game and then go into the family lounge afterwards and pick up their daughter, pick up their son, and just play with them and have their eyes light up in a way that I'd never seen. Like. They, I knew that they poured their heart and soul into the game. But then when I really saw them around their families, you're like, wow, they are happier around their families than they are playing this beautiful game that we're so lucky to play. And so that kind of like clued me in too. To And it just was when I got older. So, Tori, maybe that's the stage of life you're entering now where you're realizing, hey, work is great. I love my work life. But now I have the capacity to bring in, welcome in more fulfillment and joy in my life.
0: Totally. And I think that kind of what Ryan said too also applies to a non-athlete. Like you start hitting your mid twenties where you see the people still going to the club and like hooking up and, or just doing the Tinder dates or whatever. And then you also have the other half who are like fully, I've had three of my friends get engaged this year. Two of them are pregnant. So I'm also seeing the, the, like the other side of it where, it's like, OK, well, do I want that or do I still want to live like the L.A.? I'm only in my mid 20s, but then it's also the other side of I'm already in my mid 20s. You know what mm. I mean? And so I'm totally. seeing both sides and I'm like, I don't know which one I want because I don't want to have a baby now. Like, I mean, I'm literally eating celery and peanut butter for breakfast. Like I'm not I'm totally mean- equipped to like prepare a baby's meal, you know, but at the same time, it's like, is that something I need to be focusing more on is like a future of that.
2: Tori, I'm curious about this. So you're 25, does, does this play into your, into your thought process, this idea of, cause my wife has a friend who's uh, 34 um, who, uh, who basically is still single. And she's like, she is now in this crisis mode of she really wants to get married and have kids and she's saying I'm 34 like how long am I going to have eggs that are fertile like and so like when am I going to yeah and so she's like and we did the math and it was actually really frightening We're like okay if she met someone today then you're not going to get engaged for at least a year probably for you to know that this is definitely the guy you want to marry and then your engagement's gonna be you know, X long before the wedding can happen. And then you wanna be married for a period of time where you can enjoy each other and not distract the kids and everything where life gets real quickly. And so you do this timeline and it's like, it's your, it's like a five year plan before you can even think about having kids. And yes, you of course in a later stage of life can fast track that, but point is, um, Then you start just thinking, like, do I need to just settle for anyone now just to ever have kids someday? And that's not a good way to look at it. But do you have you begun freaking yourself out about the timeline? I mean, you have the luxury of only being 25, but still.
0: Ryan wants to know if I've become him and become a worrier. And yeah, 100%. Because for me, also, like, my whole family extended my grandparents they've all gotten married honestly straight out of college so and i have um i would say about 60 immediate family 60 people in there so i have like i mean half of that so it's like 30 cousins who were married right out of college and for me all my siblings met their person right out of college And got married, minus my brother. But he's also a man, which is also annoying. They can get married way later and have less stress on that. So he's kind of the exception. But both my sisters found the person, got married right out of college. My other sisters got um, pregnant at 24, which is the same as my mom. So it's like, I don't know. Like, should I be there? Because I don't want to be an old mom who only has two kids. But at the same time, I want to be able to focus on my job and my career. But then it's so hard – it's just like I just start spiraling a little bit because I just don't know what the answer is because I know I can't put pressure on it and like my body is my body and it's like all in God's timing if you want to say it that way. But at the same time, I have to be realistic and knowing that like my eggs literally do start dying now and like 35, you risk having health issues in your kids. so And then if I want to be dating for like a couple years, I essentially need to start now. And then would want to have kids by like 28, 29, 30, you know? And then it's like, you still want to have the honeymoon phase, even when you're married and not have kids.
2: Yeah. I'm so <sighs> glad to have another worrier with me. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I'm outnumbered here with two worriers. Would you have um, get
2: your eggs frozen now? I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm just asking a question.
1: It's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy at all. You're young and healthy. Like yeah. why not? Yeah.
0: I mean, I think that that's something that has crossed my mind just because I am very career driven and I don't want to be in a position where I've put my career for in the forefront so much that I've missed out on a lot of opportunities, which I think I'm kind of feeling right now, even though I'm only in my mid 20s and I still have a lot more that I'm excited about. I think that I take a lot of pride and joy in like my work, like that's what fulfills me. But at the same time, like, I don't want that to be the only thing in my life because I don't want to make that like an idol because there's so many things that could happen. You know, pandemic hits, you could be furloughed, you could lose your job, something could happen and, you know, things just don't work out. So it has been something that I've thought about and being like, okay, maybe when I'm like 28, I do it. Um Or you're just kind of almost like you have those alliances. Like I literally have an alliance with a friend where we're like, okay, if we're both single at like 40 or like 38, let's just get married and have babies, you know? But like, so I just, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for that one yet. Cause also it is very expensive and there are a lot of things to take in account for that. Just like health risks and yada, yada, which will just make me smile more Ryan. Um, but it is something that I have thought about. Not as seriously, but it is something that I've thought about for my future.
1: Uh, Tori, I got a I got a real important question for you. And I call it truthfully, I call it my golden question. This is what I ask myself, and it changes over time, but this is what I ask myself like literally every single day of my life. Are my daily actions congruent with my life goals? Say it one more time. Are my daily actions congruent with my life goals? So by that, I mean, if I want to be a hockey player, I can't be playing basketball every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I want to be a family man, my heart's got to be there, not absent from birthdays and weddings and working all the time and gone building a career. Right. So. That's what I ask myself is what are, and then from there I work backwards. What are my life goals truly? Like what kind of life do I want to lead? And then I work backward from there. Am I, are my daily actions congruent with those life goals? Am I practicing that daily to build that kind of a life? So when when I ask you that question, are your, are your daily actions congruent with your life goals? It's sort of, you have to go on a journey of, okay, defining what are your life goals? And then looking back, are you living a congruence with those?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that I just have a lot to sort through as well, just like internally, because for me, this is a huge step. Like, I think a lot of people in my situation, especially my age, are now like, shoot, especially if you live in a big city or, you know, you're you're big into dating apps. Like everything was put on pause in quarantine. So now you're having to just sit at home and basically figure out new things in your life that you want to be working on. And so this is something that I'm like, okay, I've realized like I do desire companionship, which I've never desired before, like never. There's times like, I love dating and like, I love meeting new people and all that stuff. But the idea of commitment I think has actually been like more of a fear for me because I struggle with the idea. I think like once I'm evaluating all of this that I don't like to be out of control and knowing someone could have control over my emotions and feelings is like really scary to me because obviously there's like rejection that plays into that or, um, you know, having just be vulnerable where let's say two months from now or a year from now somebody's like, yeah, this isn't working out. Then I have to, you know, deal with that heartbreak and no one wants to feel that, you know, like I remember feeling that in high school was probably the last time I've really felt heartbreak and that was enough for me to probably now be 25 realizing I never really healed from that.
1: Hmm. Can I, I want to touch on something that you just said there that really like struck a chord with me. So I believe someone can only have control. You said like, I don't know if I want to feel out of control with somebody having, you know, uh, control over my heart or my emotions. Somebody only has that control if you give that to them. I believe that individually in our lives, our happiness in our lives is entirely up to us. Mm-hmm. I believe that somebody can massively amplify and add to your life, but I don't think that they can, they can only subtract from it. If you give them the power to do that, that doesn't mean you won't feel hurt or that you won't feel sadness right. a little bit, but that, that does not, someone will only have the power to make you happy or take happiness from you. If you grant them that happiness or if you grant them that power.
0: But also so, you have to think a lot of men's re- maturity. Is it totally like that? Like, there is a lot of, you know, I'm still am only 25, which let's be honest. And if I date somebody my age, you kind of subtract four years maturity wise. And <laughs> so you're dating like basically younger and they're not going to handle your like heart or your emotions and in, in the greater scheme of things. It's going to be more like you live day to day. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And there's things said um, more unfiltered. And like there, there are guys who are gonna say things that are gonna hurt you, and like that can scar you.
2: So, do you typically, of all the guys you dated in the past, are they always the same age as you? And if
0: have no. you considered
2: more recently dating somebody that's four years older than you, given the ridiculous <laughs> mathematical equation you just laid out for maturity levels?
0: Listen. I think women can agree. It's pretty spot on what I just said for you got to minus the four years. But I will say, weirdly, all throughout college, I dated at like either my age or a year younger. And then the last guy I most recently dated was my age. But I also don't really have that total like older age group friends that could be like, oh, you should like date my 30 year old friend. You know, it's like I'd have to meet that naturally like at a bar or like on a dating app, which I'm not on dating apps.
1: I've, Ryan, have you ever heard of like you have to subtract four years? I've never heard of that.
2: No, I I think, I mean, maybe it's because we're so immature we can't, (laughs) we don't hear these things. I have no idea. But uh, very interesting. I've made a note of it.
1: Okay, so it's interesting to hear, Tori. So let's say if a guy is 30, Mm -hmm. you kind of just put him as in he's 26 years in maturity. Yes. Is that kind of just a standard, like an an operating standard amongst women when talking about dating men?
0: I mean, this is me strictly speaking this into existence, but I, when I talk to my other friends, we do come with a consensus. Like you have to subtract around like two to four years.
1: Okay. I, I don't disagree. Truthfully when I look and I'm, I'm speaking just of experience from myself. Like I, if you told me that about me, I would probably be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so, Brooks, so, Brooks,
2: I think let's we should edit out the beginning of the podcast. Happy 33rd birthday.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just turned okay. 33 yesterday. Okay. That feels good. I kind of like this.
0: <laughs> You're welcome. See? Just here to please.
1: Tori, um, quick question for you. What what do you think you would prefer in a partner? Do you have a and I asked this in kind of a lighthearted way, but Um, because I believe when you meet somebody, your entire world can change. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't believe in boxing, boxing your vision in or your, your opportunities into one sort of frame or template. But ideally, as you sit today, as we're having this conversation today, what would be a, a real good age of somebody that you would like to meet?
0: Well, age isn't necessarily an issue for me. It's the, I don't, I mean, I've dated younger and I've dated older. I've dated up to like, he was like 43 okay Ryan (laughs) yeah that was my sugar daddy I don't count that as dating no um
2: 43 year old what how was the 43 year old
0: I mean I thoroughly enjoyed it like your conversations do differ the older you get like we had conversations that I have never had with someone like my age on a first date um Mm -hmm. and like you know, it was great. Like he, I could tell he had like way more initiative, which I appreciate. Like when we sat down for dinner, I don't know all girls like this, but on a first day I do enjoy, um, when like, a man kind of steps in and just like orders for you, like, and, and not like a, she'll take the steak. It's like, Oh, like, do you want to just do like all a bunch of appetizers? Cause that's me. I don't necessarily always know what I want. So he's like, let's just get a bunch of like taste testers for the meals. So we'll just order a bunch of things. Like you pick some, I'll pick some. And so I appreciated that because, which this will actually lead into, um, what I did kind of want to get into as well as I, I have been reading a book called why men love bitches. And okay. so basically, um, wait, hold on, let me pause so I can get up who it's by
1: Sherry Argov. Is yes. It?
0: Thank you. By Sherry. Yes. Argov. Um, and it's basically on like how to get a man, but all my friends are reading this and like right now it's uh, like back ordered on Amazon. You have to get it. It's like 40 bucks for this book, or you can get it on Kindle for maybe like 15, 16 bucks. So it's like a hot commodity right now. So I thought, well, I'll just read it and see what's going on. So one of the pinpoints is talking about, um, basically like the whole dinner aspect of it, which I have questions for you guys on this. Um, I hate it when a man says, Hey, let's go to dinner. You pick the restaurant.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Because for
0: me, I don't know. Like, from if I'm dating someone who's like 43, he's probably like a little bit more well established than a 25 year old. But also, like, I think that men can sometimes like do like a subtle flex on a date of like where they want to take you. But when they put it in your court, you don't want to sound like the bitch who's like, "Yeah, take me to you know steakhouse or like or like STK, whatever that is. I don't even know. Um, yeah. Or you know." somewhere in like West Hollywood. I don't know, somewhere fancy. I can't even think of something.
1: See, that's my problem is I don't even know. I don't even know restaurants. I eat at home. I love eating at home. And so when it's time to go to a restaurant, I'm like, dang, I don't even know a restaurant to go to.
2: Brooks is like, I, you know, I'm big into the superfoods. I'll make you this kale quinoa smoothie with avocado ice cream.
0: (laughs) And then we'll work out.
1: (laughs) So I will say this, Tori, that I do agree with you. That if a man asks you on a date, that he should he should sort of lead that. Uh, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. That be like I have a great place I'd love to take you. Right. You know, and and have a mindset of where he wants to take you, or um, or make it like a conversation. Like, what is your favorite kind of food? Like, mm-hmm. I'd love to take you somewhere of a food that you like. Um, oh, you like sushi? Okay um I know these couple of places have you been yeah. to these before you haven't been to that one awesome let's go to this one that would be fun um I don't know that's how I would maybe go about it but um but
0: like do men but- actually want me to pick or would they want me to kind of be like the nice girl who's like oh my gosh no like you pick I don't care where we go I'm easy going because essentially I am uh- or does he want the person who's like yeah like Take me to this nice restaurant, you know. Take me to Sugarfish. Take me to these places that you're gonna have to drop some money on, you know.
1: Sugarfish, great. Sugarfish is so
2: good. So good. I think it is. They should be a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, Nozawa, are you listening? Uh, I think that posing the question is interesting to me because. If you're willing to answer it it's going to tell it's going to give me a little bit more insight into who you are as a person so if you're willing to say yeah let's go to mastro's the most expensive steakhouse in in the country arguably like then i'm thinking like interesting like so she that's the type of girl she is she right, wants like, right. the fine things and like and by by you saying that, I've now seen my future, which is like, you want the finest things all the time. Do I want to enter into that? I, I have my best friend who did exactly this, and he's now married to her, but she she wanted to go to this crazy fancy restaurant, and he felt obliged to do so because he was into her, and they this was their first date. But I said, dude, this is a red flag. Like, So now the bar has been set this high. You can never go fast casual or go like middle of the road because she's gonna want (laughs) how expensive five-star meal every time it's a problem
1: yeah so then but then do men also do this do men also then undercut that first date and take them to like just kind of a right uh, middle of a road restaurant because they they don't want to backpedal from a high-end one I think what you,
2: what my thought process would be, take, take you somewhere that is, I would do exactly what you said, Bruce. I'd say like, do you like, what do you like, Italian sushi? Like you give me the, the type of cuisines that are, are interesting to you. And then I'll know what the best place is to take you within that genre. So if you say sushi, like I'm going to take you somewhere that's not a chain, that's not ridiculous but that you may you probably have never been that you're gonna be like oh wow like he took me somewhere not mainstream he put thought into it like yeah that would be a lot
0: I think also the hard part is like girls love to be romance and I think that's definitely like a lost art happening in our generation and so it's like well you kind of do want the guy to be like yeah let's go to Mastro's like I want to treat you right but now it comes with the fact of okay are you just taking me to Mastro's to have a nice dinner to like does that mean now like sex is in the back of your mind where like, I do have to like, you would have to put out on the first date. Like it just has made things so confusing. Like, I don't know if you guys can speak on this, but like taking a girl to a nice date in the past, has it been like, I'm going to be- romance her quote unquote, but like, this is going to lead to sex. Cause now I'm dropping some money or at least in the hopes of that.
1: Um, the, the, the hangup I have here is that it's date one, you know, on date one, like if I don't know, it's just like I'm, I'm a traditional guy like to consider myself a traditional guy like date one is should be fun, energetic, playful and like just have a fun time and and the atmosphere, surroundings, whatever that can add to that. But that's kind of secondary to like the person you're with and the interaction like date one could be could be um, anything could be a fun activity that doesn't have to be like going out for supper. You know i think that's also a lost art people think going on a date has to be just going for supper with somebody well you sit down and you just converse with them but like what if you're active with somebody doing something fun and playful and laughter and there's actually an activity that you can bond over versus just sitting and eating
2: yeah like what if you have two pull-up bars and you're both just like talking getting to know each other right. while you're doing pull-ups or you know <laughs> something like that but like this is do? <laughs>
0: <That's>... <laughs> but this is like a serious question though it's like how quickly in let's say you're like really physically attracted to this girl are you kind of like looking forward to that or like wanting to because you have to realize we're in the hookup culture now so for us it's like you do things for that transaction
1: i have i have a friend um who about a week ago i was having a conversation with him and he told me a story um how he was really into this girl super into this girl and he goes the biggest mistake we made was we had sex on night one mm. he said that was the biggest mistake he goes then i was just for some reason just kind of not into her even though she was wonderful i was just kind of not into her and he goes i bet if we would have waited a couple weeks there was a chance at a relationship there but for some reason it just kind of rocked his boat that they had sex on night one and then they never, neither of them pursued any more relationship from that.
2: I think, I think what Tori's saying is fascinating. And I I think there's so much to unpack in terms of like, if you go to the really fancy steakhouse, do, do you then owe this guy like some sexual favor as right. a result? And like, yeah, if you order the Dungeness crab cocktail and the lobster gnocchi, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there may be some expectations there and then you're like is it worth the meal if I then have to owe this guy something at the end what if I don't like him now I'm gonna feel the guilt
0: right it's almost like now if they say Mastro's is that a red flag is that right. automatically you saying great this guy's gonna just expect something out of me at the end of the date?"
1: it's a great question
0: but that it's is a- interesting about your friend because I was going to my second follow up question, which be honest with me. You guys be very honest. Do you actually judge girls? Because I know you're always like, be a free spirit, be who you want. But do you actually judge girls for sleeping on the first date? You personally, if you hear someone saying, yeah, I was really into him and like we slept together. Are your first gut instinct saying good or like, yikes?
1: um i'll go this way to be truthfully honest i would go 60 40 kind of yikes but i try not to judge people um i had a strength and conditioning coach who hooked up with his now wife they have three kids um on the very first night married just kind of knew that they were i don't know they that just their journey went like that so i'm not saying it can't work my you asked me honestly to answer this question Mm -hmm. i'm like 60 percent like because i'm I like to consider myself a traditional guy. Um, so I'm kind of like initially jarred, like, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe that's not the best for the long term, but um, just how I feel. But I don't hold any judgment against it.
0: Right. And, it's your gut and, feeling. And I've,
1: and I've seen with my own eyes it work out in somebody's life where they are life partners and have built a family together.
0: Totally. Ryan? I'm. Uh, yeah.
1: uh, um, cool. Of a similar
2: mindset. I think every situation is completely different. I tend to, like, if I really feel like I care or, or will ultimately care deeply about this person, like, and I view her as potential wife material, then I am less inclined to want to rush it on the first night, just have sex. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I'm saying like because I think this could lead to something life changing, I'm going to slow play it to a to a degree so as to not jeopardize that. Well,
0: yeah. Ryan, you have kids, <laughs> so let's say your your kids come home one of these days saying, "Hey dad, like yeah, this happened. Are you feeling like, yeah, okay, that's like your that's your situation or would you be like, ah, oh, don't do that?"
2: Again, uh So, what my son comes home and says, I just had sex with this girl on the first night?
0: Yes. And he was like, I don't really know if I was into her, but we slept together.
2: Is he then saying, I won't, but I I am in love or I like, I really think there's a future here? Like, I guess I would just be like, okay, you know, after I high fived him, I would just, (laughs) uh, I, I guess I would just be like, you know, play it out like it, it just because it happens doesn't mean you've now put a nail on the coffin you you could have felt such a strong connection that is a connection you've never felt ever before that led you to doing this and that that connection will remain from that day forward unbreakable and you'll end up with them who knows so like i don't think it's like a tried and true rule that if you do that on night one that like you're doomed for failure at all i think there's plenty of examples where that has happened and people have had long great relationships
1: i agree with that tori um what what kind of qualities or characteristics are you looking for in a partner yeah what are
2: the top three qualities that you're looking for
0: um well obviously someone with like morals because like i have a faith and so I would love someone that has like the same kind of like morals or at least something that they believe in passionately. Um, the second one would be personality. I am like, I need to have good personality and I so need it to be, be outgoing fun? and fun, which is hard to find.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so because define personality. Like, energetic. I just love
0: like life of the party, energetic. I'm someone who's like never, never stops. And people are always like, oh, you need to do the opposites attract. But for me, like opposites, I've dated opposites and I am so bored, so bored. Um, I would way really rather have someone who's like very similar to me and like being outgoing where we maybe both burn out being like we're exhausted. But like, let's keep going. And I don't know. But um, and that could just be the young me, because also, again, you know, talking about characteristics like this last guy that I talked to, he was amazing. He was like he could honestly get married tomorrow. But for me, I was like, okay, if I was 30, this would be the guy, but where I am at like 25, I'm just not there yet. Okay. But (laughs) that brings me to another question I have for you guys. So dating in the past, one of the worst lines I've been told is you're not the girl I marry or sorry, you're the girl I marry. And I'm just not ready for that right now. What? the hell does that line mean because it is my biggest pet peeve because I'm like well I'm not looking for marriage either like that's so much pressure to put on me is that just a line to cop out and like be honest is this a cop-out line is this something that like generally guys feel because they feel um maybe intimidated or they're not enough for the person or is it just they don't have any other words to say but like I don't want this to go on anymore
1: I think it's I think it's a garbage line by a guy if that's a guy that gave it to you I think it's a garbage line I think what he's really saying is like, I think actually what he's saying is you're actually a better person than I am at this moment. He's actually seeing truth and honesty in you. And he's like, I'm not there yet. I'm an idiot. I want to run around as a dumb, young, dumb kid here for a while. Um, I wish I had your kind of clarity on life and presence and commitment. Um, but I, that's if, I, if those words were to come out of my mouth, that's probably what I would be saying. Ryan, what do you think there?
2: I think you're right. I think, yeah, he's basically saying it's, I can boil it down to this. He's basically saying like, I just want to hook up. I want to have, like, I want to just hook up right now. Like, I don't even want to think about long-term, but the, when you decode that, that basically implies that men, that that a woman could never have the same mindset, right? Like to your Mm -hmm. point, Tori, that you, you yourself could never be in a position where you're like just wanting to hook up and also not wanting to think about marriage and therefore that the two of you would actually be great for each other in that moment because you both want the same thing right right? it's this warped mentality of like a woman could never just want to fulfill that aspect and not be thinking about wanting to like buckle down and like commit to some long-term thing
1: saying yeah
0: do all men think that women just date for marriage
1: um i would say no um and i was actually just having this conversation the other day i have a friend who is in her 30s and has said she's not looking for a lifetime partner right now Mm. she's she's actually just having fun um she's really since the since covid has happened she's really stopped dating but she was kind of dating until like January, February and then stopped it. And she's like, I'm actually super enjoying this time. Just reading a lot, working on myself, um, discovering a lot about myself and like, I'm not searching or seeking a lifetime partner right now. That doesn't mean I don't want one in the future, but um, right now I'm not. And she's in her thirties. Oh, um, interesting. So I wouldn't say, I don't think men look at that. I think there's a societal connotation somewhat that that's but I think it's misinformed or ill-informed but I think that is present where guys tend to think that women just want to get married but having friends that that I have actually has like they don't not everyone does it's an individual you can't just paint a broad stroke across every woman wants to get married because it's not true they all don't right now Um, same with guys some guys take a while more to find took me till my thirties almost to find the capacity to want to welcome a committed mm-hmm. relationship. In my life. other guys, I have another friend who was married at the age of 20.
0: Right. Right. Has,
1: definitely. Has, has three beautiful boys like married at the age of 20 and he found that purpose and that happiness 10 years before I did. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we can just paint a broad stroke over men, men this way and women this way. Um, But I would say that yes, what you're asking does that, is there somewhat of an underlying connotation in society? I would say yes.
2: I really think it's like, are you asking like, are you overbearing, every case is different. Are you like asking a ton of questions that are leading him to believe like you want to settle down immediately? And if you're not, then there's no reason to assume that. And by the way, the guy who said like, you're more wife material, like in his mind, I genuinely believe he thinks he's giving you a compliment, like, dang it. And obviously it's not received that way, but like, I generally believe in his, he's 25. So that's, he's 21 maturity wise. And his 21 year old uh, infantile man brain, he's thinking like, that's such a nice thing for me to say to Tori. She's, you know, like it's reverse psychology. Like she's going to eat that up that I'm calling her wife to <laughs> me even more and then like here
0: we go that is uh, so funny I feel like that's v- okay that brings like clarity a little like to that situation yeah I know that's the hard but- part I think that no matter what you say to a woman like if it's some form of rejection I think that I would rather have uh, I would say I'd rather have the harsh truth but then it, I do know someone else that one of my best friends she was d- dating a guy and he was like I am just physically not attracted to you like that's yeah. just like why we can't forego this, and it and it still like haunts her to this day. So it's like, am I now just like never physically attractive to another male? So it's like I don't know. Do I want the more passive aggressive line with an underlining meaning, or do I want the more upfront?
1: I don't know. It's a great question. I've said this many times on this podcast that I believe that people can take good news and bad news as long as it's delivered honestly and truthfully. And so, like you're the guy that just told your friend, like, "I'm sorry, I'm not physically attracted to you." um It's he's he's actually being honest there. Now, how he says it, how he delivers it, I think there's a lot to be put in the stock of how he delivers it. He's like, "I'm not physically attracted to you." That's like almost a, a that's like <laughs> almost like a, an attack on the person. That that's just a disgusting way. But he's like your heart is beautiful. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not physically attracted to you. Ugh, uh,
0: makes my stomach turn.
1: Yeah, I know. But it's, but it's the same. I, I read this book recently. Um, the four agreements, I think it's called the four agreements. And it says, never take anything defensively mm. because I could tell you you're beautiful and how you receive that is how you receive that. You can say, you can make yourself feel great with that. Mm-hmm. Or and conversely, I could tell you, I'm not attracted to you and you can make yourself feel like uh unattractive with that yeah so so it's like never take anything even compliments like words are just words and it's they the emotion you get from them comes from the power you give them so your friend is giving this guy so much power when he said he's not physically attracted to her like do you think you're physically attracted to every person in this world is that what we think is happening every single person that you would be physically drawn to all of them. No, some you're going to prefer, some you aren't going to be attracted to physically. It's yeah. just, you know, so why, so she's taking that defensive that this one guy out of 4 billion guys is not physically attracted to her.
2: I mean, the flip side is this is like, I agree with you. It's all in the delivery, but it's an interesting point you make Brooks in terms of just like being honest. And, and if he were to say you know, it's just not working out. And uh, you know, it's just not working out. That is incredibly vague. And now she's left to try to make sense of what that actually means. Like what isn't working out? Like, and she can't she, she may never be able to get over it because she can't mm-hmm. she has no clarity when when he is direct, assuming he does so in a eloquent way and not a like when I look at you, I want to vomit. It's not the line. Right, I'm just, I'm having a tough time with our physical connection, at least as tough as that is on the surface to hear and immediately to process. When you take a step back, I think ultimately she can be appreciative to at least know, okay, there's nothing I could have done about that. And now I can move on. It is what it is.
1: Because she's also what she's doing there. And I'm not trying to attack your friend in any way, but what she's doing there, she's making his comment about herself.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the hard part that I left out is they had already slept together and like been together for a long time. So then it brought it led up to this moment of him being like, listen, this just isn't working out, which I understand because I think that usually people are more physical, attractive base. And I think they were more like uh, friendship compatible. So that carried through a lot. And then at the end of the day, when he was like, "Okay, is this something I can really forego? It's like, "Okay, I'm not physically attracted to you.
1: Okay. So that, yeah, that context is different. Um, But just kind of leave that statement for where it is. Like he said, Mm -hmm. he's not physically attracted to you. That has nothing to do with you. That's his own. How can
0: you not take that personal? Like that just sucks. It's like something that you literally cannot, if he would have been like, listen, like you're too clingy. That's one thing. But to be like, you're, I'm physically not attracted to you. You're like, great. Like there's uh, nothing I can fix on that.
2: And I asked like this without coming off as insensitive, like did she change physically from the time that they first hooked up? No,
0: (laughs) no, I get what you're asking. No. She's like, they are both athletes, both in great shape. He just hit this moment.
1: So Tori, here's, here's where I'm coming from on this and why I have this perspective and maybe this has helped shape my life. Um, I've been traded three times in my life in Mm -hmm. professional sports. So that's essentially saying, we don't want you. We want that other guy on that other team instead of you. And we're going to give them, give you them so we can get you or give you, give them to you so we can get him. So he's, we value him more and we don't even really know him yet. Right. Well, that's happened to me three times in my life and by an organization that I spent 12 years there.
2: Mm -hmm. 12
1: years of my heart and soul. So if I'm going to take that as an attack on me, that you guys don't like me, you blah, blah, blah. Like I'm giving them so much power versus just saying, okay, they see me, they know who I am. I'm not the fit for them. Right. That's okay. That's okay. But that's not a slight on me because I know how I showed up. I know I am who I am. This is the effort that I've put in. And if I'm not the fit for you, That's okay. It takes some time to develop that muscle. I've also been dumped in my life. I've also been, I've been in a relationship and been dumped. So that's okay. I'm like, okay, that's okay. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to accept your words or your actions and I'm not going to take them defensively, but I'm going I'm going to just accept that that's how you feel. Otherwise I'm trying to control everything in this world and have everything lined up the way that I want it. So Brooks,
2: you got, did you get traded? Who did the Capitals trade you to? Uh, Toronto. Okay, so as a glass half full guy, could you not say to yourself that rather than saying the Capitals didn't want me and so they traded me for this other guy, you could look at it as like, wow, the Toronto Maple Leafs wanted me so much that they were willing to part with X player in the trade, so as to get me. That's how desirable I am as a player that that organization would go to such great lengths to trade one of their guys to get me. Like that, that seems, unless you're saying who was the guy that I was traded for and am I better than him? And you know.
1: Yeah, you're right. And that's it's the power that you give to the words or the actions that are in front of you that are coming from another party, right?
0: But so. If I could bring this back to the like the dating realm for a quick second, it'd be like this. Okay, this is I feel like how girls would take like take that like um, anything physical that maybe you're not attracted to them. Um, You're dating a girl. You guys are having sex, whatever. And she just goes, listen, I need to break up with you. You're just too like you're down there. Your penis is too tiny. I'm so sorry. It's just not working. You're just kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do to fix that? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just how do you not take it personal? They're literally like attacking. It's almost like a character. Like, I feel like men take a lot of pride in their, like, their package. And then now you're just saying it's not good enough. It's like, yeah, sure, I'm fine. And that one man's trash is another, you know, man's treasure, whatever you want to say. Or, but it's maybe. like, how do you not take that personal?
2: That example you gave, I think I can't. Fa- I'm going to let Brooks take that one. I'm sure he's dealt with it
1: um tori what it's it's no different say well tori i want you to be six foot six i don't like you because you're not six foot six you're like well i can't change that
0: but it's it's different it's not like a height thing you'd be like i get it i'm tall and
1: i i don't think
0: i would date a short guy i don't think i would feel feminine enough to date a short guy like to be completely honest
1: well, well what's wrong with somebody having preferences It's not wrong.
0: It's just like, it's different when you attack, like it feels attack of like your humanity. Girls are sensitive. We can be, we're tough. Like we can be the, the bitch that a man wants, but we still have things where like, I just don't know if you could totally say you're not attracted to a woman.
1: I get that. But you just said like, you want an outgoing guy. Should that be attack on like an introverted guy that he's not good enough? He's not outgoing. His personality is not enough personality for somebody. We're shaping arguments here. We're framing arguments. It's different. But I I do,
2: I do think I get what she's saying because you can be introverted, and if you know that you're the person you're dating would prefer you come out of your shell a little bit more, like, and be more of an extrovert. You're never going to be a full-on extrovert, but you can. There's an ability to change. Whereas the micro penis example, (laughs) born with it, and this is this is what you're going to get. There's no there's, it is what it is. And you can't unfortunately ever change that. Whereas like personality things and behavioral things, you can, if you devote yourself to it, you can change. So that I, I do, I understand like how you could really take it personally. My wife's best friend dated a guy with a micro penis. And uh, if he only knew the amount of, they've since have broken up, but the <laughs> amount of uh, jokes that were made about, him. I mean, I'll be honest, I texted her after my first son was born and said to her, hey, just cleaning, uh, giving him his first bath, like cleaning his penis. Like I've never dealt with a penis this small. Can you tell me
1: how you're a bad man? Ask
2: your boyfriend how he does it. And uh she didn't really like that, but I got a good life.
1: All right.
2: oh. Ryan, you're <laughs> a bad bad man. He's probably- a jerk, so I could I felt fine doing it. He was a jerk. It cheated
0: on her it's all. No, ugh, oh, I hate cheaters. But to bring it to another question for you guys, intimidating. That word is something else I've been told. Like like you're kind of like other girls have told me like you're kind of intimidating or whatever. And that's never been something that I take pride in, but in this book it says like men are attracted to women who are intimidating. But like is that true? Are you, are you more attracted to the woman who's could be maybe like a stay at home, go with the flow wife? Or are you attracted to the woman who's like a powerhouse, like knows what she wants and like gets career oriented, yada, yada.
1: Um, you asked me this question. I am processing the word intimidating yeah, and I'm trying to think of what, what characteristics or presence. a a female, a woman would have to have to be intimidating to me.
0: I like this. Tell me what they are.
1: And I don't know. I don't know. Like, um, truthfully, I don't know what, what's that Ryan?
2: I I, I think it's a really interesting question. I would say the three qualities would be, um, beauty, wealth, and power like any one of those three things or or the most intimidating person would be the person who possessed all three of those attributes uh beauty wealth and power they're all intimidating
1: so is that attractive to you or not attractive
2: you know it's attractive it's absolutely attractive yeah like i mean here's what i would say like i think if you I mean Tori if like you're so career driven career oriented you do great things with your job or in your job um that's attractive right because like I don't I I personally could never be attracted to someone who didn't have career aspirations prior to us meeting and prior to being married and just wanted to immediately find a guy settle down and and had no drive. And, and as long as they had that drive and then had to, to change course once life got in the way and we had kids and stuff like that, like that's completely different, but I think it's very attractive to have drive and to have power or any one of those three, three things I mentioned.
1: I, I agree with the drive part. The power part, I, I, it's very subjective.
2: Well, in terms of intimidation, though, you wouldn't say you could be intimidated by someone who has a tremendous amount of power.
1: I don't know, like what what kind of political power? What 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 yeah, I, are you giving power?
2: The word power. Like, I, I, like if you met uh, Michelle Obama, for instance, would you not would you not admit that there? It would be because of the, the power that she has and who she is and. Or Oprah Winfrey, like you get what I'm saying. Like there is an aura of intimidation, I think, because they have
1: so much power. I see what you're saying. Do um, you think that
0: the people who are more, and I have a follow up question to this, but the the people who are more intimidating, though, I think, have a harder time dating. So basically, like being successful, being driven, I think, takes you into a different, almost era of dating where you do have to wait to date older because. Younger guys aren't going for intimidating girls. So if you guys could like think of a celebrity, because I think it'd be interesting. So Ryan, you've said kind of like Oprah or like Michelle Obama is someone that you would think is like intimidating. But who do you think is intimidating in your eyes? And would you ever approach that person?
1: I'm trying to think.
0: Right, same with you. You have to think of someone else.
1: I'm trying to think of somebody who I would be like intimidated by.
2: I would. I would just clarify. I don't think Oprah. She's great. I don't think she possesses all three. I'm not um, as physically attracted to Oprah. I would say, but uh, like, get, like Beyonce, uh, J Lo. I'd say they have all three. They have. They have power. They have beauty, and they have wealth. All. It's the holy trinity of intimidation. They have it all. Really. Right.
1: Um,
0: But would you ever go up to that person and approach them?
1: If you were sitting next
0: to each other at like a football game and you were like, this is my time, would you take advantage of it?
2: It it all depends on the guy. I would, because that excites me of that. Those butterflies of being like, this is like somebody who's uh, what, let's go back to what the the guy saying you're more wife material in the guy's mind when he's telling you, you know, uh, you're intimidating, that's a compliment. He's saying you are you could be perceived to be out of his league because of all those attributes. And he believes that's a com- a compliment, genuinely. Um, but some guys are fearful of that and they want to just, they want to be able to be with someone who's who's beneath them so that they can control them. I, I don't know, that's a whole nother thing, but.
0: Yeah, no, I get all- what you're saying.
2: I think it's exciting to pursue somebody that's out of your league or that's intimidating because that's so
0: interesting to me though. Cause it's like, that's not the dating scene. So I like almost don't believe you because I think that like men would rather go for the easy option, which is definitely more of a trait. in in my generation, it's like, what's easier and more convenient. It may not be long lasting, but that's the one they're going to initially go for.
1: Maybe, maybe that's an insecurity in the man. Because if this woman has, as Ryan says, beauty, wealth, and power, she's undoubtedly got options, right? With that, it's undoubtedly going to come options. And so maybe the man is thinking, oh, like, I can't get her. She's too good for me. Or she's, I'm scared. Like, maybe I'll go for somebody that has less options because that's going to make me feel more secure. I, don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the guy doesn't want to face rejection so if you go for someone who's intimidating you have a higher likelihood of being rejected which makes you feel bad about yourself so yeah you you are inclined to go for the sure thing that won't reject you but like you read about this in all the magazines by the way it's
1: not a sure thing that person could reject you anyway you know then and i will also say this that i've i've been fortunate in my life to meet many um people that are very successful, that are very beautiful, that are very wealthy, um, just through my community here in Los Angeles. And a lot of them are the most kind and generous and grateful and warm-hearted people I've ever met. I think that we're giving a misconnotation to people that are successful or maybe beautiful or have a platform or something that, that they're untouchable or intimidating when actually, no, all they want to do is love in this world. All they want to do is welcome people into their circle. And I'm sure there's examples of the opposite, but I in my life have witnessed those kinds of examples as well. It's the credentials
2: that are intimidating. It's not the person themselves. Once you approach them, it's about getting to the, the balls to approach them. That is the most intimidating thing. But then once you connect, they are people too. But you read about it in Us Weekly. It's like it's interviewing an actress who's, you know, gorgeous. And it's like, they're single. Why are you still single? It's like, nobody ever approaches me. Like, I don't know. And I always roll my eyes at that, but I guess it's true. Like, because of how intimidating they are, nobody wants or thinks that they would have a chance. So they just don't deal with them.
1: Tori, do you get approached often? Mm. I mean,
0: like if I'm at a bar for, let's say like a night, I'll have like someone like maybe it's just it's hard because it's like I do get approached, but it's never somebody that I would like really want to talk to. It's always the person where you're like, really, man, like you're up to my shoulder or like you're 80 years old. It's like kind of like we miss the marker a lot. Um, But like I do go on dates or like I'll get set up or things like that. But I wouldn't say I'm like the most approached person. No.
1: Do you do you feel that you have anything to do with that? and knowing you i feel the answer is no but like you know how some people give off an energy like don't come near me and then other people just give off an energy like they're warm and bubbly and and welcoming of people into their circle i believe you're the latter because i know you i've known you for a year now Mm -hmm. and you are the latter to me but um do you believe that that's any part of it are you like no i i'm warm everywhere i go and
0: I definitely think I'm warm wherever I go because I I genuinely love humans. Like I said, I'm an extrovert to the max. Um, but I will say like my mom calls me emotionally unavailable a lot because to really know me, like even some of my best friends are like, I still don't know if I totally know Tori. And it's because like I am just not someone who like can completely let my guard down or like want to share life with you because first of all, like opening up to people like It's just awkward in general because, you know, the person can't totally help you. You know, it's like I could say, hey, I'm feeling insecure about myself, even like dating. It's like a guy can tell you you're beautiful, but you're I almost hear opposite because it's like I know I struggle with that. And like your words aren't going to do anything for me. But you think like you need to hear affirmation and then you hear it and it's not good enough. So I just don't really open up about things like that because it doesn't make me feel good. So I internalize a lot more um rather than like let people totally in so i will say i'm initially like i'm always very warm i'll always be there i'll always be very extroverted but to really get to know me i think is where i can come off as like a closed door
2: Mm. you don't have any there's no body odor issues or any
0: that might be it too honestly just add it to the list ryan thanks
2: I'm just trying to cover everything here, okay? This is how men think. And by the way, the 80-year-old that approached you at the bar, like, he's 76 mentally, and that's not too bad.
0: (laughs) That's true. You're right. Shoot. Well, missed opportunities.
1: Uh, Tori, I'll say from from my standpoint, I want to say guy's standpoint, but I don't know if it's true, but from my standpoint, Like, I think, um, I think kindness is so attractive. I think somebody with an open heart is so attractive. Um, And conversely, I think somebody with a closed heart that is really fighting hard or like, that to me is off-putting. It's very off-putting. I'm like, what is the struggle? What are you fighting against? Like, I'm, I'm here to open my heart to you and to be on your team, and to be together in this, and you're you're fighting to keep me out. Like what? That that's not attractive to me. Just speaking from my own, and no, and totally. I get that. I get that when people open up, there's a possibility. One there one, one there's a possibility that somebody's truly going to see you. Right when you open up, somebody was truly going to see you. Um, And I've really only learned a lot about this since our dogs passed in September, because that broke my heart wide open where I couldn't protect anything. And I've cried probably 500 times since our dogs passed, like just emotions come and they come out now. And I'm so grateful for that, that I don't have the, I don't know if it's the will or even the ability anymore to try and suppress emotions where everything comes right through my heart and I'm fully transparent. And, mm-hmm. and people in the room can see and feel that. And if that means I cry in front of a bunch of dudes, I cry in front of a bunch of dudes. It's just real.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but that, that just recently came to me through a tragic event in my life. But having like knowing that now, I love to see somebody's heart. Mm. I love to see somebody's heart. And that to me is extremely attractive. Yeah. If you're
2: emotionally unavailable, I don't have time for you. like it's like I'm gonna like I'm trying to get it establish a connection here or pursue what could be a connection and if you're closed off then I'm not gonna waste my time trying to like convince you to open up like it's a mindset commit to this and let's go
0: totally now I appreciate hearing that because I think that I do need to hear that But I feel like at the same time, again, I hate to just keep saying like my generation because I think that it does apply to all men, though. But like I never in my head when I think of like the male population, it's not in like the highest standard necessarily. And it might be because now I'm in L.A. and L.A. it's definitely hard to date. But when I think of men, I'm like, do you actually want to get to know me or is this just a way for you to like. Cause then it's like, okay, then if you have the overly, overly emotional girl or someone who's just like opening up or like bears all to you, then it's like, Ooh, that's too much. And like, that's overwhelming or she's crazy. So it's like, it's hard not to be on that spectrum. And like, I would rather be the easygoing girl who still knows what I want, but like the easygoing, like you don't need to be involved in all that aspects until maybe year one or whatever being dramatic, but I would rather like hold out than be called or like in that stigma of like a crazy woman, you know, or the crazy girl.
1: It's a Tori, this is great. I want to just appreciate you for opening up. Cause your questions and your thoughts are, are real and they're challenging me to really think deeply on this.
2: It's actually, it's a fair point. Uh, touche. I, I think there's like, yeah, on day one or week one, do you want to, unload all of your deepest, darkest issues? Probably not, but there's a happy medium towards being open and then, you know, in time kind of, it's just a slow burn I think is what it has to be.
1: Yeah, I agree with Ryan. I agree with you there, buddy. Um, I also think one word that I've been focusing a lot on in my life lately is intent, Mm. intent and encoded energy. Like what's, when you go on a date what's your intent? How are you showing up energetically on this date? Is it for true connection to really discover this person, to learn about this person, to connect with this person and share, share yourself? Or is it like, right. Hey, I'm, I'm just bored. We're showing up to have some fun tonight and we're going to just, and whatever happens happens kind of, you know? And so something I've been focusing on in all areas of my life, not just personal, but career as well, being on this podcast, like, what is my intent here?
0: yeah
1: and and the more you the more that I found that I focus on that, the better radar I have of somebody else's intent. Yeah and, and if I like if I go say it's even just a business meeting or say whatever I can tell if somebody just wants something for from me they're like yeah yeah I want I, they want something from me or if like they want to do something and partner on something with me, because we could make something amazing and serve the community with it. You know, like the radar becomes better for what is this person's intent. And I think if you lead with your intent on a date and as Ryan said, a little bit of a slow burn, don't come out and tell me everything that's gone wrong in your life and, and try and like share all of that. Like, let's, let's get to know each other. Let's discover the other person share drip a little bit of myself Mm -hmm. Let's see if this connection is working and and I'm actually here honoring you, honoring getting to know somebody new and in return, respecting that you're there in the same facet that I am. And I'm going to open myself up to to honor your honor. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I just believe in intent and encoded energy so much in our presence And living that way has really opened my radar to how other people are showing up in front of me.
0: Does
1: that help at all? Does that make sense?
0: No, definitely. I think it's something that like, if I could pinpoint one thing in dating is like to do that, to like open, to be more like vulnerable and like when people want to actually know something to not give like the I'm fine answer. It's just, again, it's hard because there's so many double standards. Like we just discussed the like crazy versus like I'm not going to deal with you if you're not going to like open up to me or like be in it or be, you know, So it's just, it's just, it's just why dating is so freaking hard in this generation because there's so many like pros and cons to each one. And, and when I evaluate, I know that I like would rather, I guess, I don't even know if I could say that, but like, I would rather, I guess, be heartbroken and like, at least like try to risk it to like, to open myself up. But then the idea of being heartbroken and it's just like, it's so brutal. Like heartbreak is so brutal that I don't. I don't desire to go there and I'd rather just be like, be lonely. But then it's like, I'm not going to lie. Like a couple of weeks ago we were, I mean like there's been like this quarantine kind of group we've been bouncing back and forth between and like this guy kind of came back and like we didn't have sex or anything, but like we definitely messed around. But then I woke up the next morning and I was like, well, this doesn't feel good, you know? And it, so it's like, I'm just, I feel like I'm like losing in so many different areas that it's like, I would, I guess I would rather have heartbreak than like wake up with someone that I'm like, I don't really feel good about that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. but it's just hard because it's, yeah. it's a yeah it's a dance and and Tori I also give you credit you're 25 like Ryan and I are both 37 that's 12 years of life experience and and I honestly like honestly the more I hear myself talk and have this discussion I hadn't I would even put that four years that you discount men to even to 10 for me you know like <laughs> um Like when I was in my mid twenties, Tori, I had none I wasn't ask I wasn't even asking myself these questions that you're asking. Like I think you're evolved and so far ahead, at least just from my own journey, like I feel I'm a late arrival. I'm a late arrival to everything is how I feel, truly. You're a late bloomer, some would say. Yeah. Um I just feel that way. I feel like I wish I had more emotional capacity earlier in my life. I wish I had so many more things and i see i have many friends in my life like you're 25 i think you're so far ahead of the trajectory you know to even be asked to have the awareness to ask these questions and be seeking these things um versus just like you're 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 asking yourself how to offer this amazing how can i offer this amazing person to somebody that's a journey you're on that's why you read that's why you're like you want to know more about how to connect with somebody and offer a great version of yourself to somebody versus just saying, I need somebody to fix me. Like somebody or not to fix me, but somebody no, definitely. To me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like just but, that that intent and encoded energy itself is just like you're miles ahead. It took me, it took me decades to learn that.
2: This whole time, truthfully, I thought to myself, this is probably the first time I've ever had well, I know it is this in-depth and lengthy type of conversation with you, Tori. Like we've right. never ever done this, so everything has been fairly surface level, surface level, superficial. It is what it is. We're that it is. That's what it is. But I have been sitting, standing here, thinking to myself, like Tori is amazing, and now I'm like, I need to find somebody for her because. She's <laughs> amazing. Like, I, I like have found myself being like, this is the type of person you would want your best guy friend to end up with, given all the things that you can hear. I mean that, I, I really do. So now I'm like, wheels are spinning. of like, who, who I work with? Who would be perfect given all the things she wants? Like, who's not gonna take her to Mastro's? Like, all these things. But honestly, I'm blown away by everything you said. And like, to his point, how, mature and just dynamic you are from just this conversation I so credit to you
0: thank you I'm gonna send that clip to my mom and say mom I'm emotionally available
1: (laughs) no I really appreciate Uh that um Tori I'd like to ask you one and this is a hard question but it's a real question yeah. And it's I'm ask, I'm asking you this question because I love you and I care about you. What is your biggest fear mm. about opening up, opening up to somebody? You truthfully in your heart, what is your biggest fear?
0: Well, I think for me, I'm the youngest. I have three older siblings. Um, I always call myself like the like the car seat baby, so like my whole life I've been I've been the one people express their emotions like emotions to but no one has ever like really tended to ask me like, Hey, are you doing okay? Or like, what do you want to do? So I, and I I don't resent anything. Like I have an amazing, my parents are married, like everything's healthy, but it's just like, I've realized like now I'm just used to being that person where like the idea of being like, Hey, how are you? And me giving an honest answer is like genuinely really hard for me. So I think my Mm. biggest fear is like getting into a relationship and being like, I can't escape or like give you shallow answers cuz like that's not how a relationship works. So having to like have somebody like fully enter in and do life with me is like a huge jump off the cliff that I would have to take with that person to mm-hmm. that I've never done honestly with like anyone. And then I I have a fear that like as soon as people get close to me, like they just want to leave. So it's like And I think that might come from like me moving at a young age. Like that was so scarring because I came from a small town and like moving to Orange County and then like not feeling enough or, or being good enough, you know, and, and like LA, you have like Instagram models and yada, yada, yada. Like there's just, there's a fear of like being fully vulnerable and like having someone have to like almost deal with me scares me.
1: Hmm. One, I just want to say thank you for sharing. Um, because that's part of it right there. You opened up to me, you opened up and shared to me. And, and the fact that you, one are aware of your biggest fears and two are willing to share them. That's a wonderful blessing. That's the first step in the right direction. Um, I'd be interested to unpack, we don't have to do it today, but like be interested to unpack any of that childhood stuff that you referenced, any of the family stuff that you re- referenced, because I think it shapes us, you know? It shapes, it shapes our perspective of the world. It shapes how we we think people perceive us. It, it shapes many aspects in our life. Um, and so it'd be interesting to dive into that stuff further, but I want to acknowledge you for sharing that. And it's very true what you said is, um, you will, truthfully, to be honest with you, you will be challenged because I have fallen in love, truthfully, in my life. You will be challenged to step off a cliff that you are scared of, that you, that you that is uncomfortable to you, that is fearful. To you. Um, and you also know that along that road, that there's life isn't going to be perfect. There's going to be bumps and bruises and hurt in there. Um, that is going to come. There, I don't believe that there's ever been a relationship where where both partners have never been hurt by the other. We're not perfect beings, right? As much as we want to be, we're not perfect beings and our actions will sometimes unintentionally or intentionally hurt the person we love. That's just truth. Um, And so you will have to have the courage at some point in your life to take that step, to maybe even blindly take that step. um, And somebody... We'll have to have the same courage with you, but the, the alternative is you never take that step. You always wonder what that step would be like, and you live alone and lonely. So, so what is the greater fear then? My fear was like, wow, if I don't if I don't commit some time and open up my heart and really like get out of being just a hoggy soldier, like I'm gonna live an unfulfilled and and loveless life. You know, like I, my, my greatest, I've said this on the podcast a million times for our listeners of my greatest joy and desire in life is to be a loving husband, loving father and friend. Those are the greatest fulfillments and joys I could ever imagine in my life. But my daily actions weren't congruent with that. My daily actions were all about hockey, all about sport, all about commitment, zero about personal. So I had to learn and adjust that. And then I had to take a step in that direction and really bring that to the forefront. That was my compass point then in my life. Um, And it's scary. Trust me, it's scary. But the fact that you're aware of it, you can start inching towards that cliff. You know, the fact that you're reading, you can inch towards it. The people you meet, I even changed my language. Even when you ask, you meet somebody, I even changed my language instead of saying, Hey, how are you? that's such a general vanilla question. I even ask people like, how's your heart? That's a different, like, is your heart happy? And then you'll see people react in a different way. And now now you're penetrating your, your intent is actually, I'm, I'm diving into this person's journey. I'm getting to know this person and that's me diving into them. And I hope they recognize that, you know? Um, so I, change the language that I use because I wanted the intent with this connection to be different than just a, Hey, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Standard answer. Nothing changes. Right. But Hey, Tori, how's your heart? Is your heart happy today?
0: Yeah.
1: You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, I, I wish we were in the same room having this discussion. I wish we weren't doing we because you know, I'm such a Tori fan. I love you dearly um and I'm thinking I'm racking my brain the same to think I had some buddies <laughs> both, both guys were married and I'm trying to rack my brain of like who do I know that I would that I would respect enough to set them up on a date with you
0: yeah I know it's are you
1: open, are you open to being set up
0: no for sure and like that has been something that I've like kind of started to take the step forward more in is like Asking people like hey if you know Of anyone like I genuinely like want To push myself more and again it's just like in quarantine So it's like that's also really hard because I'm Not able to go to the bars and like meet Someone and at least like have a Quick drink with some Random person at the bar who buys you a drink You know what I mean like there's not even that interaction so now I've Like how to really like voice Hey like I do desire This and like do you know of anyone that Like would be interested And like I mean, which is also really hard for me because I just am not someone who like admits to that also someone mm-hmm. being like, Hey, like I am lonely. Like that is showing an emotion that like, I feel like shame in Cause I don't think you should feel lonely just cause you're not with someone. Um, but again,
1: that's okay. I felt lonely. Right. It's okay. It's okay to say you feel lonely, like to, to yearn for a stronger connection. That's okay. I think that's healthy to acknowledge it versus deny it and say, no, I'm fine.
0: Totally. Totally. And again it's just something that like I I have to process through on like why do I feel shame if I'm if I'm genuinely lonely, you know? And it's it's all deeper, but that's definitely something that like I've been taking a step forward into of just being like okay, like ask people for help cuz I'm not totally sometimes that person who could be like, "Hey, can you like help me find someone?"
1: <laughs> have you done any like Zoom or FaceTime dating during
0: No, uh uh-uh. I'm I'm not on any dating apps, which, you know, I just like genuinely don't really want to be on a dating app, but I have thought of like maybe it is smart for me just to go on and like push myself to meet people and like see what's out there. But I don't know. I'm a huge advocate of dating apps. My friend's like, I'm lonely. I'm like, let's, let's set you up a hinge. Let's get a bumble going. Let's do it. But when it comes to me, I'm like, no. (laughs) So I don't know.
1: So maybe I'll, I'll challenge you. In that direction. And you and I, next time we get to see each other, we'll set you up or we'll just even FaceTime yeah. and set it up. <laughs> but I think like, I think like right now, if you can't, or if you aren't able to go on dates, I mean, you could meet out for a walk or something and stay six feet apart. So you could at least see somebody. Um, but also like, I think a FaceTime or a zoom call like, Hey, would you mind spending 20 minutes with me? And like, I'd love to jump just share some energy and just see what we vibe and we chat, whatever. And um, I think that would be super fun. Yeah. No, No, definitely.
0: No, definitely. And I do agree. It's just like the fact that half the world is indoors is like a challenge that we've never faced before. So just trying to navigate that and being my (laughs) mid-20s. i get that. But I do appreciate everyone. You know, I I think it's good for me to hear – where men's perspective is and, and hearing like intimidation and all these things. Cause I think that a lot of women hit their mid twenties or thirties of being told a million things. So I appreciate you guys giving very honest answers on like what it means to be intimidating or, you know, the whole date scenario. And so thank you for I being would, open.
1: Yeah. And I would, you're a very, you're an incredibly successful young woman. Never, ever, ever, ever feel bad for that. Never ever make a man or let not make a man or have a man um, make you feel guilty or anything for that. You've earned all of your success and you have amazing career and potential ahead of you. Um, and I would say that for every woman. I'd say that for every man too. No man should ever make feel bad about his success from a, a woman. Um, you've earned everything you've got. And I think for the right person for you, that drive, as Ryan said, that drive is attractive. Mm-hmm. That drive is a pull. Maybe some men want something different. Maybe some men just want like a stay-at-home wife or something to each their own, right? Everybody can have their own preferences, but you are extremely um, successful, extremely attractive. Um, You have an extremely beautiful heart. I am dying to set you up. And I always love love to see you. Every time I see you, I just like, you you have the biggest smile in the room. can I like so any any how men think listeners any guys out there that are interested in a date with Tori?
0: Mm. Set me up on a virtual send, date.
1: Send me a message on my <laughs> Instagram and our How Men Think uh, group on Instagram. A message, Tori, would you be open to a virtual date from a member of our community?
0: Listen, I hear every romance starts with a good DM.
1: Would would you be open if I shared it on my social? definitely really
0: i'm here to push myself that's it's every girl in their mid-20s we all need to start reading our dms we need to be more open i'm open
1: tori i love this i would i would guess that you were gonna say no i'm not open for that
0: no but, i am
1: um okay can you text me a photo that you really love oh and are gosh
2: <laughs> yeah
1: I will just share, I will just share you as an individual to my community and my world and, and we'll go fishing.
0: (laughs) Let's go fishing. I love it.
1: Uh, I love your openness though. I'll say that you're way more open than I was at that age, you know,
0: desperate times, Brooks, desperate times.
1: No, no, I'm excited for you. I don't know. I'm just excited. I get to witness and be part of your journey. Um, And I, yeah. And I just think like, it's also as a guy, like when I'm racking my brain of, of people that I would love to, or that I, I first of know that are single. um, It's also like, you are such a person of integrity and moral fabric and I respect you so much. I'm like, no, not that guy. (laughs) No. No, not this guy. No, like, so yeah, it's, no, it's, it's hard. Tough.
0: It's tough. When you start eliminating things, like even height, and like, okay, there goes half the population, then like my faith means a lot to me. There goes another half. Like it does make things very difficult, but it's something, like there are some things that I just like can't compromise on, you know?
1: Yeah, I get it for sure. Never settle. Never settle. So Tori, you will get me a photo that you, or a carousel even, multiples. Oh, or we can take two photos of photos that you're really proud of and that you really like. And I will share it with my community and any men in my community. um, Are you looking for a man? Let's just clarify that.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, look for a man. So any men in my community that that, um, would like to get to know you further, maybe (laughs) interested in a call or a FaceTime call, um, please reach out to me on my Instagram. Also, I'll say this. I have a friend who is now married um, that to a a girl and they met at one of my barbecues. Um, when I was living back home in Regina in Saskatchewan in the summer, in the off season, I used to have these like kind of community barbecues. I'd invite 30, 40, 50 friends. Hey, come over on Saturday. We're going to barbecue, just welcome everybody. And two people met at one of my barbecues and got married. And it's one of my proudest things that I was able to bring people together. And it feels
0: so good.
1: Two people found their life partners from that.
0: I'll hold you so, to it.
1: So if I can, in any way, I always try and open my home and open my heart and open my community to make anything happen. And Tori, you mean so much to me. I'd love to do this uh, for you and with you. So um, <laughs> from yeah, one thirst here.
0: trap to the next set up date, blind dates. Here we go.
1: That's We're the just next question helping right?
0: each other out.
1: Are you going to go a thirst trap photo? No. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, Tori, I want to commend you. I just want to say thank you um, for for opening your heart, for taking that step forward, for because this is a this is a vulnerable discussion. This is real. These are your emotions. This is your life. You know, where you invest your heart, you invest your life, and you've opened that to us today. And I think many of our listeners can hear themselves and see themselves in your story. Um, for our listeners, for our male listeners that have been intrigued by this right now, where could they reach out to you directly, young lady?
0: Uh, I guess my Instagram. Um, My middle name's Bell, so Torbell, T-O-R-R-B-E-L-L-E.
1: Beautiful. Okay, Torbell. DMs (laughs) are about to be Also, I'm going to put it out on my Instagram, um, so when you see that come out, and then I'll just (laughs) forward you. I'll I'll kind of call through. I'll be called through like punk, (laughs) Punk, punk, punk. <laughs> this guy's a good one. So I'll call through and I'll send you the best. Okay. Uh, well, I think we'll have to do a follow-up to this show.
0: Uh, well, hopefully the follow-up will have good responses. You never know. This girl might be crying okay. or we might be happy. <laughs>
1: okay. Either way, we're following up. Um, sorry, thank you so much. Thank you to everybody that's listened and and shared in Tori's story and in our story to our community. Also, I want to thank all of our uh, listeners that reached out to me yesterday on my birthday and sent me beautiful, warm birthday wishes. So I had so many people say, I love the podcast. I've got to know you, know you through the podcast, listen every week. So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Tori, any last words for
0: just thanks for the honesty and keep bringing it. Cause this actually really, I hope helped a lot of the mid twenties that are just struggling right now.
1: Okay. T okay. Life's a journey. Life's a dance. We're about to find out Tor bell. <laughs> your way. Everybody thanks for listening again today. Till next week. Take care of one another. Love one another and send Tori Bell DMs.